0: So welcome again to the My Thrays podcast and back by popular demand, I've got Mr. Adam Kradaris, the star of one of my earlier podcast sessions and tonight we're just going to have a bit of fun. We haven't really planned anything so it's just going to be a bit of a and a bit of the conversation, something that Adam and I would really do in a monk's work activity When when I was in the office, and in case you're not aware of my background and Adam's background, we'll we'll get Adam to talk a bit more about what his passions and what he does shortly. Um, Yeah, I was a chartered accountant and I worked with Adam in a mid-tier accounting firm in the city. Uh, I finished up about five years ago. Adam was a colleague of mine, kind of my right-hand man, and someone who really kind of inspired me with change and kind of... Being a little bit younger than me um, and willing to kind of do things differently, he kind of inspired me with a number of my changes. And even though I've been out of the corporate life, the F five years, it's still been really good to keep in touch with Adam. Um, he's kind of supported a lot of my wacky content that I share on on socials, and I'm see I've seen that he's beginning to do a little bit similar, share his own passion. So yeah, um, Adam Jordan just kind of begin and. Continue off on what we talked about maybe last. I'm talking a little bit about what you're passionate about and what you're working on at the moment.
1: Well, thanks for having me again. Uh, as you know, I love to chat, so here I am to do it all over, all over <laughs> again. Um, and I'll start off with a little bit of, of my background too. As Mike said, I'm also a chartered accountant. Uh, so I've been in the industry for about seven years. Um, and I think for me, Opportunity to help others who might not necessarily have the same skills that that we do as accountants and we also learn a lot too. So from my point of view that's what my career path is all about is just trying to help others and help them to, to grow as we grow with them. So that's uh, that's my professional background from a, a personal uh, perspective uh, as we've, we've spoken about, I enjoy sport, uh, soccer, football, all those sort of good things. So, um, yeah, I do love my sports.
0: <laughs> well, Ads, you actually, again, you've, you've, you've thrown me these little curling ones, which, which are good. You get me straight away, even just what we're talking about, and even as you were speaking then, and I think we're build on it in this in this episode, is having this idea of helping people, providing value, and you know, when I was a, a chartered accountant, particularly early days, I think I was a little bit of the survival mentality. I was, I kind of struggled with my first accounting role. And I, I talked a little bit about that in my my first book, I and Michael, where it, it didn't come very easy for me. It was a real kind of a challenge uh, throwing up. And I didn't necessarily see myself as adding value. I saw it as a job. Um, and I think, because I saw it as a job, I didn't really get a lot of value out of it. But when I kind of was able to kind of shift my perception of that a little bit, kind of have a little bit of security when there's been a few people around me had lost their jobs and there'd been a few challenges. It was probably more a couple of years in when I moved to my second role. And even though there was challenges, um, I felt myself more inspired by the content. And, And what you're talking about, there's this sense of, and not necessarily in the, the role um, what you're doing and what I did and then what I do now but even having work is this idea of being a problem solver you know, you actually see yourself as not just the, the, the guy crunching the numbers, you see it as relationship building you know, you're, you're providing a, a service to someone and I think even what I'd like to kind of continue this it, with this um, episode what kind of went through my head as you began talking maybe tips not only for what Building on what you just shared, how you kind of manage those relationships and how you continue to provide value, but helping people maybe who are listening to this and might they might be corporate, ex corporate, they might be in the awakening type stuff. How, how are you helping people manage what's going on at the moment with obviously certain changes and, and work changes? And, and what not only are you helping them with, what tools and resources are you using for yourself i've seen a few little um social media clips of adam in the in the garage working on doing a bit of boxing and, and i laugh and it's a bit of it is a bit of a laugh but it's also i think it's very important even just when i what i transition actually when i moved away from accounting to um to writing and which is a very solitary activity and and so i can i, I think i'm probably Able to offer a few tips um, around mm-hmm. that as well, but it wasn't an, e- an easy thing to get used to being an almost an an but awesome. I kind of did it voluntary in, in taking a writing job, <laughs> yeah. but it's funny we 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 I joke about the boxing ads, but I used to do a lot of boxing every morning. I would actually go when I, I moved to Portugal, and I would I'd do like a five k run, and I'd do about three hundred kind of shadow punches and that was my my routine so i think that's probably even for a lot of people talk about that with mental health and um a really keeping fit and healthy in you know, a healthy body healthy mind all that type of stuff that was really valuable for me but yeah i think i just like to rather than hocking the, the, <laughs> like i often seem to do really <laughs> let you kind of take it away with that idea of being a value of, of helping people, helping clients the existing work you do, but also providing value to people listening here that might be looking to yeah, how can they manage that that balance, particularly in, in a in challenging situations like what's been occurring at the moment?
1: That's a very interesting question. And I guess from firstly I would like to say that I'm very lucky that I still have a job. I know that some other people haven't been so lucky so my whole viewpoint through this whole situation is I don't take it for granted. Um, Locks and some other people are in far worse positions than I am. So, you know, to be able to go to work every day and, and still be able to do something is a blessing in itself. So, I definitely don't take that for granted. I think that's helped me through this period. It's quite difficult. We're all working from home. Um, our firm has been at home since about mid-March so we really haven't been in the office much at all apart from a couple of days here and there so picking up the phone and being able to speak to each other certainly helps that, otherwise you'd be stuck in the same four walls for mm-hmm. months on end and, and it becomes quite difficult and I think the also I, and I mentioned before that I like my sports and things like that, for okay. where that sort of ties into my professional life as well is that I can't do everything myself, mm-hmm. so I need people around me and I know that I, I don't have all the skills or I don't have all the answers, so having people around me that I can rely on to assist and that I can bounce ideas off, that also helps. And I think, that, like you would have found out when we worked together, that any good team of you know people working together, that's what it is, it's a team, by getting the best out of each other and taking the best that I would do, the best that you would do, the best that others would do, and putting that all together. And knowing when we don't have the skills or the we don't have the answers and go to the people that that would do to get the best result we can so that's my approach to to adding value to clients is trying to get the best out of all of us that we can and trying to give the client what they need and when they need it they're some of the big things through this whole situation it's been it's been quite difficult uh, for people that aren't quite a, an accounting perspective and a tax perspective, there have been a whole bunch of stimulus measures that the ATO put in place to assist with with cash flow and, and businesses that are struggling through the lockdown. Mm. So as a result of that, that's created a, a whole lot of compliance work for accountants. So for the first, I reckon, a month and a half to two months, it was just about on the phone every day because all of the stimulus measures change and then mm. the ATO would bring out new things was constantly evolving so we would be sitting there on the phones for you know just about all day every day just answering questions and updating clients on the new situation so through throughout that process it was just about trying to be as helpful as we can and the clients also acknowledged that we only had so much time on our hands to be able to assist so it worked both ways but it was a a difficult period and as a professional it's definitely character building
0: is the best way to put it <laughs> yeah well no I, I, I could definitely relate to that, and I think I really like to echo what you just said because even for me I did touch on I, I basically am, um, I run my own business and I have been actually fortunate to receive some of those um, measures that have actually been fortunate for my business but you're mm-hmm. right not everybody's been in, in that same situation and um, there has been a lot of challenges but I think even having Maybe just drawing from what you said, um, there's a certain I think leadership comes through in this one too, and leadership from both on both ends of. Obviously, when when a, a challenge arises, leadership is also about you know, there's certain steps that need to be taken into account. But it's also about being willing to ask for help, being willing to receive that help, and a good leader recognises that they're only as as kind of as good as the team around them, and they want to build that team and build that, and even within the office you're working, to kind of have all those measures in place and and kind of, yeah, have to restructure the way, day-to-day life is actually always is generally operating at the same time The clients are probably looking to you as a leader to kind of guide them through that situation So it's interesting something that I could really relate to that um, And something that I I kind of build into my awakening stuff is the idea that the challenges can be really character building not only for, for you but for the clients and the the people going through this doesn't mean it's necessarily easy but from my own perspective um it's kind of it feels like life is constantly kind of oh how would i it's like this you're kind of constantly moving in a balance where people talk about the yin and the yang and the black and the white and i don't know if you you've kind of seen that symbol Adam, where it's kind of where the it's you know there's the idea of polarity and and the things are constantly shifting. So life doesn't necessarily from this perspective it's not so much about life trying to you know get over there we we all have got it's about constantly balancing constantly so rolling with that. So sometimes there's certain challenges um, that you deal with but then those challenges actually build strength and character too and even the idea that sometimes when in action and being in this comfort zone can actually could be detrimental because it it kind of stops the growth. So it seems like that from my perspective and a lot of um, what I've to come across it's about navigating the waters. That's probably the best euphemism where you kind of you're you're in the you're in the water and, and you're on a boat and, and, and there's stormy tides and and it's about kind of being willing to put up the sail and then and, and take those winds which kind of point in a certain direction. And sometimes it's leading to an unknown. But, um, I
1: feel like that's that analogy perfectly describes the situation we're in because we don't know what's going to happen going forward. Um, we don't know how long it's going to last and we sort of have to do that. We sort of have to let destiny take its course and manage it as best as we can along the way.
0: It's interesting because even someone who inspires a lot of my content um, his name's Allah Watts, and he's he's pretty big. He, he passed away quite some time ago, um, in the '70s. But he was very much he, again the yin and yang type idea. He was a philosopher, but he had a, a Christian background, an Eastern sorry, a yeah, a Western Christian background. He was actually an Orthodox minister in the U.S. Um, but originally raised in the UK and then he kind of went the complete opposite so maybe people' be like me kind of went and he went and he went to <laughs> he went to the eastern way that yin and yang um, Buddhist Hindu perspective and I know he actually lived on a boat funny enough um, oh, wow. <laughs> he used to live on a yeah he lived on a houseboat but what he, he kind of he, yeah it's about really navigating those those stormy waters but what he often talks about, and he, he quotes this, there's a, a, a book, and it's quite an old book now, I think it was done in the 50s, called Kontiki. tiki um, And the idea of this book, and it's been made into a movie, I think it's actually a, I, it's not not German, it could be Danish or or Swedish movie, if, you, if the readers if you are interested in watching it. But Alan Watts would quite often talk about this, where Basically on what they had, this this big goal, and I, I'm sorry, I can't recall the exact location. But from what I gather, it was a sail, from, I think, somewhere perhaps in South America to almost the to the somewhere in, an island in the Pacific, um, connected to this spiritual um, person called Tiki, who was kind of guiding the the journey. It was, and. Basically, what he wanted—he wanted to emulate this mythical, this explorer who I think he was from Sweden, Wanted to emulate this journey of kind of what the this mythical story that the the tribes that apparently gone from one place to the other on this long long trip. But he wanted to do it in the traditional way, like a like a raft, basically. And he, you know, he he needed a certain team. But what Alan Watts commonly talks about is when. He started, he set the goal, he had the dream to to build the raft. There were challenges, but he kind of found that once he set, had that decision and it was a, a really going into the unknown, it was like a universal force. And this is where it might get a little bit spiritual. There's a universal energy that kind of, everything started going in his favor where, um, yeah, he had the the barge was kind of it wasn't there it was kind of the ramshackle type situation but he found one once it was in the in the ocean board that the ropes actually tightened and it made it more compressed when they're in the middle of the ocean they would find flying, flying fish were landing on their on their barge like so there was like this even though they were going into the unknown there was a Willingness to trust in the unknown, you know, and that's kind of that little bit of the idea of again the yin and the yang. It's about being willing to trust, and when you drop resistance, and resistance for me, for someone who who kind of did this thing of even in my riding journey and the Camino journey, when I, I did this, you, you walk. It's like the more you give up control, which in, by definition is resistance the more things seem to work out naturally for you. And it's kind of counterintuitive to everything with have always kind of been, for at least my perspective and maybe yours too, Adam, we're told kind of to seize the bull by the horns and grab this and control that and have all these fix them. And even from a financial accounting perspective, we're generally, you know, we have another one of the, um the the principles is conservatism. And it's understandably so with finances and that. but. You know, to blend that together with the idea of yeah, there's that this specific things which are measurable and we can take certain action, but there's also has to be a willingness to trust in everything that's kind of arising and and even at the situation at the moment, it feels like and maybe you can relate. The more we're willing to we we, we deal with the situation as the, as it arises, and, and there has been a lot of press releases from the government and, and you, you share that and you communicate that to the to the stakeholders the clients and even but even you're in that situation i'm in that situation where we don't necessarily know but this is what often either of them are kind of that yeah buddhist point of view an, an eastern perspective is that once we drop that need to know it, it becomes a lot easier mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so don't know if you, you can relate to any any of that at all Adam.
1: i think it, i think just from the situation we're in in the now we're in our second first lockdown period, it was oh, we can't do this, we can't do that and it felt like we were being well, we were being restricted but that we had that lack of control and we've come out of that first lockdown and then we've found ourselves in it again so this time around I'm thinking it is what it is, there's nothing we can do about it, we just have to go along with it and whatever happens, happens and hopefully by everyone doing the right thing we'll be able to to, you know, get out of it sooner or you know, this virus will be eradicated so that's the, the mindset that I've got coming into this so I'm curious to see how that sort of develops over time that first lockdown period I was feeling quite, quite locked in in that we couldn't leave the house we couldn't go to work, we couldn't see our friends and things like that so I, I found that it was difficult to reconcile how life was previously mm. so now in this stage I'm thinking it's already been like this for three months or so. It can't really get any worse, so I'm willing to go along with it and see what happens. If I can't leave the house, I can't leave the house. I'm sure I can find things to do in the house to, to occupy my time. So I'm not concerned about what I can't do anymore. It's more so, what can I do instead? What can I do that's constructive? What can I do to pass the time? So I'm interested to see how that mindset gets me through this next period.
0: And I mean, for my purpose, what you just said, and I, I can't, I can, yeah, I, not being in the corporate world or having a, a regular office job anymore, it, it is actually really interesting to hear mm-hmm. your perspective. And I, I've heard it a little bit from other people, but I, I can be, in the work I do, it, it's quite, it's isolating the times, but it's also, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm my own boss, and I'm, I'm kind of, I am able, I have a certain element of freedom. And I, I do have a fair amount of space here and I am able to visit certain parks with, and have practicing, um, well, you know, appropriate measures. But I, I do have that sense of freedom. But I guess what kind of jumped out for me there is either my own perspective and, and even what you just talked about. It's like when we, when we face this challenge, sometimes the, the first stop, the unknown, and then we, we actually deal with it. And it, it's likely not going to be easy. And even um, for something like my, my Camino, I'm, I remember when I first started walking day after day and I was wanting to know every. and I talked about this in my book, you, where I was wanting to know, where am I going to sleep tonight? You know, am, am I going to actually have a, a bed to sleep in? And a lot of people might not have been, the people maybe had camped or maybe had just slept rough um, it would have been a mission, but for someone like me, I'd always had a bed to sleep in, and I wasn't a big camper. I wasn't really bush ready type skills. So when I'm I was walking the, that Camino um, day after day, and, and not knowing, it was kind of like, yeah, it was scary. And there was one passage where I was just exhausted one day in the. Yeah, I was in the south of France and I was getting really late, and I, I just had this feeling I wasn't going to work out, and it was a really isolated spot too, so it wasn't like on the on the main Camino of France. Um, and for the people listening they might not be aware, what I'm talking about is a Camino de Santiago. It's a spiritual pilgrimage. Um, yeah, in the northwest of Spain that does begin on the French border, but connected with that, I was walking one of the the, the connecting routes in, in France, where it was not anywhere near as well walked, it quite isolated, and I was trying to arrive at a state of spot which I I'd, I'd felt like I'd left a, a phone reservation that night, but not not speaking merely French. I kind of left it and, on, on the voicemail, on, on, yeah, on a message mm-hmm. machine, and. I just felt really anxious, and when I got there, and, and they told me that no, they're no longer actually—it's just a, um, a restaurant and not a motel—I I kind of broke down. I was, yeah, I was close to crying. I was just like, it, it, but it was the culmination, of not just that day, but the day after day. I, I'd probably be walking three weeks at least by then, and I'd been with some people other days, but I'd had probably about a week on my own where I, I was constantly stressed and not knowing, not knowing, and wanting to control and. But it was like, I almost, and I just was shattered. But then the what happened was they shut the door on my face and and actually I was just, I I had to just accept the situation, accept and like, I don't know what's gonna happen. As soon as I accepted um, that someone reopened the door and got chatting to me again, and said, look, I can actually drive you to another spot I know. And it, it just completely shifted my mindset. And I was like, I'd, I'd kind of i dealt with it i dealt with the the fear of, of being you know in this state of inertia and i'm like i said look i don't even actually need to i don't need to lift i'm willing to walk and after that point it was like it didn't matter anymore because i'd faced it and it's a little bit like facing your fears and maybe and maybe it might be a bit more for these people on the on the second. Stint here, going through, them. and people are listening to, to us talking about the situation now. Where it is again, it's going back to that unknown. But having maybe dealt with the unknown, there might be this more willing to, to accept it. And when you when you kind of accept it, at least for me, it's like half the fear, half the control. There is the lack of acceptance. But when you can say, "I had no idea," "I don't know," "I can't," I, "This is up to you, God, or whoever you." on, and you kind of develop that faith and i think that's that big leap you know they talk about the leap of faith where well, you you transcend from the wanting to control everything and, the, and it's not at every aspect for me it was definitely i wanted to control i wanted to know where i was going to sleep but then i was like well maybe i don't need to know and then i but so the challenge is what you are talking about the challenge and the struggle actually creates the faith and then you've got that faith in yourself that you know you're actually able to deal with the situation, and you and just are willing to let go and trust in it more. So maybe that's something you can relate to as well, Adam.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think even in a professional setting, it's very similar in that, you know, as accountants, every day is dictated by timesheets. And for those mm. of you not aware what timesheets are, it's pretty much a six minute unit that makes up a seven and a half hour a day. And- Every single six minutes, we need to put down a unit of time to whatever we've been doing, whether it be internal stuff, uh, client work. But at the end of the day, we need to have seven and a half unit, uh, seven and a half hours worth of units. So for us, from coming from that background, it's almost like you know we're f- constantly driven to be thinking of timesheets. Mm. So I know, even me outside of work, I think, oh. What am I going to do? How am I going to fill my day? How am I going to keep busy? Sometimes you don't need to. Sometimes you just need to sit there and relax it and take it easy and not do anything. There's nothing wrong with doing that either. And you know, from the from the accounting perspective too, sometimes you get thrown into that deep end where you fear the unknown because you don't know what's coming and how you can deal with it. Like the, the classic example for me is I. It, it, it's quite unnerving when clients call and they want to talk about something but they haven't spoken with you beforehand. They'll say, oh, I have a question for you. And you think, oh, here we go. What are they <laughs> going to ask me? What are they going to put me on the spot with? And then it's a simple question, but it's the fact that it's the unknown. of, yeah. oh, should, should I need to prepare them for this? Do I need to have read something in advance? Is, uh, are they going to ask me a question about a tax return from three years ago that I'm going to go and have to search up? It's getting into the mindset of it's okay for those calls to come in because you need to be confident in yourself what you bring to the table. if you don't know, there's no reason why you can't say, oh, I'll have to check that for you and, and get back to them on. There's no reason why you can't do that either. That's probably the, the good thing to do as well so you don't give them the wrong answer. but it's all about getting in that mindset of being open to being challenged and being tested and then being able to apply your skills
0: yeah I think it's uh, I agree with you and it, uh, not just necessarily in a professional environment but any type of service I know, I haven't really had a lot of retail background but any situation where you're dealing with clients or customers I think customers you know we have a certain expectation as a customer you know you, you can wear either hat can't you um, but it's about professionalism either way and people respond to professionalism professionalism isn't necessarily you giving giving an answer straight away if it's that well, it could be the incorrect one isn't it? people i think respond to honesty and transparency and even what we talked about earlier the relationship um even uh, the other day I, I before the the lockdown kicked in i went to buy a suit i wanted to buy another suit, and i had to bought a suit in five or six years and you know, I've, I've always been a, you know a little bit reticent to walk into a, a store if I haven't necessarily got the money to buy the suit, you know That's but, fair. but That's
1: I've
0: fair. also fair. yeah, but on the on the flip side, I've also occasionally done that deliberately to encounter and, and challenge that mindset. But now so I had done that and, had, and I did that with my motorbike as well, a few other things because it for me, Who's very much about beliefs or reality and vibration, and if you want to attract something to your life, you're going to match that vibration. So it's also about getting to that mindset, being in that in that space. But for, in this scenario, at least, I, there was money in the account, and I was able to, to go in there. But what was really interesting was um I went to a two or three different places, and it was like I started out in one store, but they they only specialised in um a certain size of clothing they didn't actually it was the men extra large up and i i basically wear a medium or a large suit and i wasn't even aware of that but i had a really enjoyable encounter with the just having a chat to the person and, and dealing with them on the human level he was actually really willing to help me even though he he couldn't sell me that suit so he recommended me to a couple of other options so then i i walked into david jones and I, I wandered through there a little bit as well. And I had a, a young retail assistant and I kind of repeated what I was looking for. I had a certain style suit and she said, look, like, we haven't actually got any of that label, but I can actually tell you exactly where they'll have that." And I said, well, thank you. You know, she was basically telling me, and there was a number of other suits there, but she was telling me the a place, basically a, a competitor, um, where they would have what I'm looking for. and. And I was really appreciative of that. And then once I got to that place, I had a real, I met the guy, had a really good dialogue, a conversation. And what I'm I'm getting at and what I feel, and maybe you listeners listening to us here, there's about, I think it's about with a relationship, it's about the human connection too, isn't it? We don't have to be necessarily, or robots, you know, if if we wanted to, if we needed to know anything, maybe there'd be a developed bot or some robotic form they just had all the information and people might be wanting to just look up a lot of things online but there's a certain balance as a professional there is this level of training and expertise and, and passion but a professional is about that relationship and I think people actually really value the relationship and even the ones who what you're saying that maybe haven't dealt with you before I think they respond in the more when you actually say look you, you deal with them proactively and honestly so I might not be aware of all that um, but I will I will get back to you on that information I'll look into that for you and even you probably noticed even with I guess with me when, when we did work together some of the clients actually became more, more valued clients were people that and you probably noticed with this other senior staff members who mentor me and, and probably still have like connection with you Adam it's about the human connection. And they really, they kind of had those, you might be talking about different things. It might be, a, a, obviously there's a work connection, but there's also, yeah, there's a real personal human connection. And I think that's, that, and that maybe building that into what we're just talking about at the moment of how we're gonna deal with the next lockdown. Even though we're not physically in the same room and Adam and I could say, and we're recording this podcast using technology to our advantage, we, we're using this fire, technology and technology can be really valuable and I think it is I feel that even even me who's deliberately gone away and kind of done my own thing the human connection's so important um not only from a work perspective and even yeah looking at whether you're in the office you know how am I going to give my seven or sorry you've translated the office to a home office and you're like how am I going to give my seven and a half hours of ch- I can't I can't bludge this so to speak an aussie perspective because it's measurable it's accountable it's accounting and i and it's almost a leap of faith how am i going to get you know for my seven and a half? i need to probably have six to six and a half that's kind of really at least tangible chargeable related so how's that got to arrive well it's probably got to arrive from these clients calling and, uh, and wanting a bit of assistance and maybe, maybe needing some help when you yeah, there's other priorities and tasks but it's a bit of a leap of faith you know but and that's how you trust and and your chargeables get done and similar Mm -hmm. when I first started as a young graduate I was like how am I going to get that time and the more I was trying to control it more challenges I, I felt getting to it and I'd also be working later hours And other people that they'd be getting there after me and they'd be leaving before me but they had more chargeable time and it wasn't necessarily that they knew more but they were kind of there was a willingness to let go I think and maybe and, and they because and they were able to let go it's almost like they valued their own time they valued who they were and you develop that confidence in yourself and the more confident you feel in your own ability you're able to kind of really connect with clients on that level too and, and they value you and you're able to say look i, I don't know because it's almost like when you you're not confident you're more like oh, i need to know i need to know but when you actually stand in in, your, in who you are and you value your, your own sense of self you'll say look i i, I don't know it yet but I, I will get back to it and you and the client responds to that so i think building on what we're saying, it's a lot of the human connection, isn't it? It's that oh, human connection and, and willing to start a bit of faith. <laughs> and
1: I think that coming from the firm that, that, that we did, uh, I think what we notice with our client base, comparing it to say one of the big four, one of the bigger firms, is that there's that lack of the relationship. Now our, our mid-tier firm was very relationship and still is. Say, should I shouldn't say was, is relationship-driven, and I feel like that's where a lot of the work that we get comes from, mm. so having that long-standing relationship, whether it's, you know, only a recent two-year client, or it's five, ten, twenty, fifty years, that's what brings in the work, and that's where we're able to grow our firm by word of mouth and by having that good relationship, whereas some of the, the big four are purely transactional uh, basis. I won't even say it's a relationship because it's probably not even that but that's what they focus on is doing one specific transaction and then we'll see you again next time whereas with us it's constantly being in touch Bass time, uh, you know, even just uh, helping with uh, the accounting file, all, all that sort of thing is getting on the phone and this lockdown especially I've been on the phone obviously a lot more than I normally would do. But i found that clients are more willing to have a chat just because they're in the same position that we are in. They're all stuck at home too. You know, they might not be seeing their family all the time, so being able to speak up the phone and just speak to someone, you know, on a friendly basis is what they're after. So sometimes I'll be on the phone for half an hour and 15 minutes might be work-related, and the other 15 is just talking about how things are going. And that's what I think I've enjoyed most about this. Out that I would have previously especially with those people that you wouldn't expect to either it's quite funny how times can change perspectives as well
0: yeah you could have a you can have like a different connection with someone with some, yeah there it might be it's a bit like um, maybe you go to a, a dinner party or something like and maybe it's a, a mutual friend that you've known or but you, and maybe something you've, you've traveled somewhere and or you've had this challenge, then you, you've now got that shared experience and then you can relate to them on a different level and it actually can really build the relationship, can't it?
1: Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: I feel, yeah, I think we've cut off some really, uh, the theme that it's really, and it's probably not a surprise to a lot of people listening as well and what we are talking about, it is so important that they have that human connection mm-hmm. and that human connection is, is maybe what, not only is what a success, the kind of, dealing with the crisis in the situation from a personal perspective but also from the yeah it's a personal and a professional perspective and and kind of and really kind of yes let's talk about hand holding a little bit you kind of it is you kind of you're guiding you're guiding each other through that situation and i think that's maybe that's overarching the final rule concluding note to how to to get through this situation people looking to kind of understand how they can best deal with it is there anything else maybe you'd like to add or build on on before we finish up ads
1: I think we've done a pretty good job of covering it all it's just going to be an interesting time ahead Um, and like you said hand holding through this time and I know that there can be some negative perceptions with hand holding in that that person's over hasn't or won't have to be dealt with again so we all need to help each other get through it you know there's a lot of talk about the the mental health of everyone being stuck at home and you know whether they're stuck with family for example like I am or not having any family at all it's we all need to take care of each other and if we can help each other get through then we're all going to be better off down the track because we'll, we'll come out of it stronger but if we don't do that that's where I think that we can Sort of get into trouble and things can start to break down. So that's all for me.
0: <laughs> no, it's good. I think, like you said, and we've both kind of talked about it, even the, the Katiki story. So I hope, hope your listeners enjoyed that Katiki <laughs> connection. That <laughs> either you could be sailing into you might have a goal in mind, and you've got, we all have certain goals we're working towards. But it's like when you're willing to believe it and you have that bit of faith and trust and even despite the challenges going on, you know, things do work out, you know, and you can have a bit of, but it's about being willing to let people or you know, forces, energy situations help you. And it's about letting go and getting out of the way sometimes. So, yeah, thanks very much for listening to us both. I'm hoping we might be able to get Adam back again there, very soon and talk a bit more about some of your other passions, Adam. But I feel we'll conclude it um, there for now. And yeah, goodbye, everybody, and see you, Adam.